Swing and a drive! Welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays, the podcast home of Blue Jays Fans UK, a group connecting Blue Jays fans around the UK and beyond and telling their stories. And now, here's the host of Red, White, and Blue Jays, Steve Hunter. Hey everyone, a really warm welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays, the British podcast that is looking at all things Toronto Blue Jays related. A really warm welcome. If you are with us for the very first time, great to have you. Thank you for tuning in. If you're returning from last season, great also to have you back with us. At the outset of 2023, I wanted to do a season preview. We are, what, two weeks away from spring training and uh, meaningful baseball not far behind that. And I couldn't think of anybody better to invite back onto the podcast than Scott Carson. Scott, as you know, works within the Sportsnet TV booth and provides a lot of the statistical analysis for the broadcasters. And I am really looking forward to catching up with him to hear his thoughts on all the movers and shakers that have happened in the offseason and to get his thoughts on what the 2023 season is likely to look like for our Toronto Blue Jays. So it's time to go and grab a cup of tea, sit back and listen into our chat with Scott Carson. You're listening to Red, White and Blue Jays, the podcast of Blue Jays Fans UK. Well, a very warm welcome. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Uh, great to have you with us. And as I said in the intro, a really warm welcome back to the pod. Uh, Scott, so grateful for your time today. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, our first uh, Sportsnet spring training telecast is a week uh, tomorrow, uh, Sunday, uh, the 26th. And uh, I've been uh, diligently working away because we're showing 16 games this year which is uh very rare it's all the home games uh i won't be in florida uh sportsnet is broadcasting the games remotely as we have in in, in the past and uh as i uh, thought about it i thought actually i'm okay with not having to go to florida for six weeks because we start the season with an 11 game road trip because they have to get uh roger center ready after the uh reimagining as they call it and so uh i'm okay we're doing all of the spring games from here it's not that big a deal our uh commentators will be there but they'll be uh voicing over the pictures that we will be getting back in uh, toronto so uh it's 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 not the, the greatest way to do it but Fans at home won't notice this at all because they'll just be thrilled to see uh, the palm trees and the Blue Jays and uh, all that spring training entails. So I uh, can't wait. I, I mean, it is amazing what you guys are able to do. I mean, particularly if we sort of cast our minds back to the COVID sort of season and how everything was done remotely and uh, just the extraordinary ability to be able to commentate on a game that you're, you know, not there or, or seeing it on screen. Uh, I mean, You'd be hard pressed to notice, I think, uh, how well that you know Dan and Buck and the team did uh, in that time. So uh, yeah, so you say they're going to be down there, but but you're obviously yeah. based up up in Toronto. Yeah, uh, Dan and Buck and Hazel will be down there, uh, yeah. and then, uh, the rest of our crew, producer Troy Troy Clara, or sorry, 
producer Doug Walton, director Troy Clare, and myself will be in uh, Control Room 5, as it's known as, at uh, Sportsnet in the uh, massive Rogers building in uh, Toronto. And so, uh, you know, it's not that big a deal now because we've had to do games remotely for, well, mm. two and a half years, basically. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're used to it. little bit of adjustment in everybody's jobs, but uh, just the fact that we'll be showing Blue Jays again, uh, yeah, warms me up on a very uh, cold Ontario day. So <laughs> Warms us all up. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it feels like, it feels like an age ago that the off season came to a close, um, and and perhaps that's a good place for us to start. And maybe maybe because we've we're all still carrying the wounds of what happened uh, in in the postseason uh, last year. Um, what was your take on what happened? I mean, particularly in game two. Obviously, game game one. I felt that they they you know the Mariners were just the better team on the day. Yeah. Uh, you know went went one game up uh the excitement obviously being in Rogers center that was the big thing that they were playing for the postseason wasn't it and uh you know the toronto crowd when they get going is amazing and they were doing great in that second yep. game i mean what was it, seven seven runs up and then the wheels start falling off the wagon what was your take on what was happening uh, presumably you were in the in the ballpark on the day oh yeah yeah i i, I was there and uh yes that uh, when they were up eight to one the place was going absolutely uh bananas and then as the uh as the mariners started to chip away you could feel the energy start to drain out of that place and you know as a fan the blue jays have fed off that energy all season and so you know eight one became eight three became eight eight to five and you just had a bad feeling we didn't expect that there would be a massive uh collision in uh center field there and we would lose george uh springer for the rest of the game and uh when when that happened i've uh, never felt a ball ballpark go from 60 to 10 miles an hour so quickly and i've been in that place when it gets quiet but you could have heard a pin drop. And uh, what happened? Well, I'll tell you my uh, theory about what I think happened. I thought that the fact that they didn't push the starting pitching very hard the whole year, leading to extra relief appearances all season long, it was like uh, it was like dripping water, you know, that the the uh instead of using three relievers in a game they were using four and five and ultimately it uh it all came home to roost during that last game where the bullpen was spent and i, I firmly believe i uh, i have no numbers to back this up but the fact that they didn't push the starting pitching all season long even to get an extra inning extra couple of batters no matter what it was I thought that that uh, 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 it became a very leaky bullpen at the end, and uh, unfortunately, it uh, it all blew up at the absolute worst possible time. And uh, I have to wit- admit, when that game ended, I've never heard our broadcast booth as quiet as it was as we all packed up. Because quite frankly, we were stunned. 
Like what had happened, we we uh, it was unfathomable. Like our and I just uh, I kind of packed up, said my goodbyes, walked out of the stadium in absolute. I was stunned and drove home. But luckily, I got halfway home, put on some music, and I just let it wash away. But yes, there is wounds from that, and that uh, definitely led to the moves that they did to uh, upgrade the uh, uh, the defense that it clearly become became obvious by the moves that they were making that uh, run prevention was going to be a priority this year. And so uh, I'm hoping with the moves that they made, they brought in some uh, good defensive players. And uh, one of them, Varsho, Dalton Varsho, because he's, uh, in the AL West, we don't see much of him, but everything that I've read and heard on MLB Network or uh, MLB.com, this is a very good left-handed hitting player. And left-handed hitting is going to be key because we were so right-handed last year. Now we got balance with Varsho and uh, Kiermaier, who hopefully is through his injuries because when he's right, he's an impact uh, player. And uh, Brandon Belt also coming back from injury. If he gets back to the way that he was two, three years ago, we should have a very long lineup this year. And the bottom of the lineup, when you also factor in Whit Merrifield, is going to have some speed to it, which with the rule changes and the, uh, uh, the bigger bases, hopefully, and the shifting to non-shifting, I think this is going to lead to a lot of runs. Everybody thought that uh, the loss of Guriel and uh, uh, Hernandez was going to hurt the offense. I don't think it's going to be as bad as everybody thought it was going to be when they made those trades. I think we're going to see a quicker lineup, a more balanced lineup, and uh, I'm looking forward to see how this all fits uh, together now because I know that uh, the – Outfield defense is going to be vastly improved, especially moving Springer to right field where he's where, you know, he's been injury prone playing uh, center field. And I look for big things from that whole outfield because a healthy George Springer, if he can play 140, 150 games, this offense is going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, it is extraordinary. As we look back at that game, I just wanted just before we sort of dive too much into yep. the, to, to the new guys, I just wanted to get a couple of thoughts of you on that last game of the season. Um, and you've sort of mentioned it or alluded to it in terms of the bullpen being spent. I think one of the big things that came out of that game, or a lot of comment came out of that game, was you know when they pulled out Gosman because because he'd been pitching so brilliantly through the game. You know he came off to a standing ovation uh, and, and so on. And and it sort of felt the right move during the game. I think at the point it happened, but of course then when Mazer came in and then things started unraveling, uh, a lot of people seem to point back to that moment and whether and I think probably picking up a little bit in terms of what you're saying of pushing that starting rotation a bit deeper into the game. Do you think John Schneider had sort of one eye potentially on what was coming down the road? Is it is it too easy to make that comment or is it? Was it something that he felt, you know, in the moment, this is the right move for us? Yeah, I, I really think that uh, in uh, 2022, that was the Blue Jays' way. 
They would uh, try and get their starting pitcher uh, at least two times through the order. Uh, I'm a little more old school, and it's like, uh, what do your eyes tell you, not what is on the uh, the printout, right? And so when he was pulled, uh, what was it, uh, sixth inning, I think, or five and a third, whatever it was, I was a little bit uh, surprised. Kevin Gosman was brought in here to pitch deep into games. And it seemed that uh, that wasn't the way it was going to happen in 2022. There seemed to, like, seemed to be like a script almost where, you know, okay, if he gets to this point, let's get him out. Well, they got some big horses now. Alec Manoa should be pitching at least uh, seven innings. I really don't care about pitch counts. He looked strong the whole year. And uh, Gosman, you know, let's go later in the game with him. I think the key will be uh, Barrios. If he can be what we think he is, and uh, by bringing in Chris Bassett as well, I think they'll be okay. But definitely what happened at the end of last year was it had happened the whole year. Pulled the starting pitching just a stitch too early put a lot of stress on uh, the bullpen and yeah, it all blew up, unfortunately. Yeah, it did. Uh, and of course you've alluded also to the, the big moment in the outfield with Bo and, and George uh, in what could have been far worse than it actually was in practice. No I mean, uh, you just hate seeing those sort of scenes un- unfold uh, again, which I mean, it's, it's not easy to, to put a finger of blame on anybody, but um to me, you know, as a non-baseball player, um, but looking in, uh, it felt that, you know, George was running in on the ball and Bo's obviously backpedaling to get to it. Yeah. It, it, it would, should it have been the outfielder's call uh, on that well, yeah. play? Yeah, that's that's always the center fielder's call. Whether he was calling for it or not, who really knows? Because that place was absolutely... Yeah. It, it, it was deafening in there. Like, I, I remember when the Jays got in front by uh, seven runs there, I hadn't heard that place roar like that in a long time. And uh, I'm sure if I was to look back on that play, I've tried to block it out because it was like, Oh oh my God. Like he could have been really hurt. Sure. Like way worse than, than he was, but it it seemed to be a perfect storm, you know, uh, Bo going back, watching the ball, not looking for George, him not hearing George coming in full bore, and they crashed in, in, into each other. And, uh, yeah, that, that just kind of tied a real ragged bow on, uh, no pun intended, on last year because, uh, like everybody knows, we were not expecting to be two, two games and out last year. We really didn't. But as uh, the Mariners proved, as they ran deeper into the uh, playoffs, they were a team that was clicking on all cylinders at that time. And uh, I know that we we have a new rival again in them because that certainly left a bad taste in a lot of uh, Blue Jays fans and the team's mouth and uh, really looking forward to getting out to uh, Seattle with all the Blue Jays fans there uh, this, this season. And uh, like I say, they're a, they're a rival now. Anytime that you lose to a team over the years in the uh, playoffs, they become a rival then, even though we only see them uh, twice a year. So it'll be uh, 
interesting to see the vibe between these those two teams this season. Yeah. And and of course in that game, Robbie Ray was pitching as well, which just brought another yep. <laughs> dynamic to the, the whole episode, didn't it? But uh, as you say, we, we put those memories into the back of our minds now and focus on uh, what's coming up. And I think one of the first announcements, if I remember rightly, after that game was, uh, was the offer of uh, the three-year contract for John Schneider. Yep. Uh, all okay with that? Was that the right move? Every, everybody seemed to be sort of behind behind him. Um, I think, he, you know, what he brought to the team um, brought aggressive baseball, I think, more than Montayo yep. had. So are you happy with the uh, with the three-year yes. contract? No doubt. I, I thought that the team responded very well to John, uh, especially the younger players who had come through the uh, system with him as their manager. Mm. And they, you know, won at double-A, uh, a championship with him at the helm. And uh, I had, yeah, uh, I was actually kind of hoping that they would have signed him late in the year right before the playoffs and said okay he's our guy it didn't happen that way whatever but uh yeah i have no problem with that and i'm uh very happy with the uh out of left field signing of don manley as his bench coach i thought i thought that when i got wind of that i thought it was brilliant uh smart old school uh former manager as well uh, when he was a player, nobody played harder, despite having a bad back that cost him many years of his uh, great career. And uh, I'm thinking just having him around is going to help everybody. I saw some video of him working with uh, Vladdy at first the other day. Excellent. Don, nobody played a better first base than Don Mattingly. Just having him there is going to certainly help Vladdy. But also having him on the bench and the name Don Mattingly has a certain uh, cachet to it. There's no doubt about it. So it, it'll be interesting to see how everybody responds to him. But getting back to your original point, I thought that the three-year deal for uh, John Schneider was a reward for a job well done getting this team from where they were when they moved on from uh, Charlie through the end of the year. Uh, yeah. He's the guy. Yeah. And I think he brings a lot of energy. Uh, I loved what he said to, in his postseason um, talk. Um, just as they, as they were going into the, to the postseason, I just thought, you know, the clubhouse are definitely behind him. Uh, it seems the players enjoy playing for him. Uh, and I think, as you say, with, with Don coming in as well, it'd be interesting to see, what impact that has in terms of other teams mindset towards the Jays, uh, no having doubt. these guys, I think that, I think they will play us differently because of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, re really exciting to see, see them, uh, coming on board. Okay. So let's, um, let's just dive in a little bit more detail in terms of the, the movers and shakers of the off season. Obviously T.O., and Lourdes were big names to leave and uh, well-loved players. Were you surprised by either of those guys moving on or did you always feel that they were likely to be candidates to use in a trade? Well, I thought that um, based upon last year's defense, that the 
team was going to have to give up something to get something. I didn't expect both of them uh, to go. Uh, uh, trading Hernandez early after the offseason started, uh, that was a shocker. I thought that Gurriel would be the first guy to go if one was mm. going to go because uh, even though he, he has a world of skills, he has been injury. He was very injury prone last year. He missed uh, large stretches uh, of the season. Uh, Teo's had some injury problems too. But like I said, I didn't expect both to go. But I think they realized that they were going to have to, first of all, get Springer out of uh, center field where, where he had been injury prone, crashing into the walls, crashing into other players as we saw at, at the end. And, and I think just for his health, playing right field is the right move. Uh, Kevin Kiermaier, I looked at his name on the free agent list, and you know the fact that he'd been so injury prone. Uh, I wondered uh, if they would take a run at him, left-handed hitter with speed. But then I heard an interview with him, and I didn't realize how how bad his hip had been over the last two plus years. Now he's completely healthy. So that's a good thing. And if he can get back to close to what he was before the hip injury, uh, I think that's going to be a great uh, pickup and he's going to be hitting down in the order too. And I think that if he, you know, hits like he can hit, he'll be on base when we come around to the top of the order. And I think there will be a lot, a lot more RBI, opportunities the same with Merrifield you know a lot of people don't realize with Witt uh, since uh, 2017 he's led the American League in stolen bases he can go and I believe he also has had the most hits over that time so mm. let's get him into uh, the everyday lineup playing uh, second and we'll see how that goes Varsho yeah. and yeah. left field was an unknown uh, to me because, like I say, playing on the West Coast, we don't see a lot of Arizona games. And so uh, I've heard nothing but great things about him. And uh, uh, the fact that they had to throw Moreno into the Varsho deal with Lourdes. Yeah, I was going to say that. And the fact that Varsho can catch. Like, he's a he's a good third catcher to have when they when they need to go with Jansen and Kirk in the lineup that day, one catching, one DHing. If something were to happen to the catcher that day, they wouldn't have to throw out the DH to bring one of the catchers onto uh, defense. Varsho could fill that role now. So, uh, yeah, I did I expect that they would trade two of their everyday outfielders. No. But what we got in return, uh, I have no problem with this. And I'm especially looking forward to seeing uh, Eric Swanson, who, as I've poured through the numbers to get ready for uh, spring training here, uh, once again, West Coast player, didn't see much of him. Great numbers. I hope it can translate into another piece in the uh, bullpen because uh, if they – Lock up the defense and lock up the the bullpen. This team can be, be very good. On mm -hmm. paper, very good. We will have to see, of course.
<laughs> yeah. Oh, always on paper it looks good. Uh, yeah, to see see how it plays out. I mean, just you, you mentioned about um, Gabriel uh, Marino going in the in the deal. Uh, I think that was a bit of a surprise. Um, yeah. For me to see him go. Uh, you know, he clearly was a, a an excellent player, great prospect coming through. Um, and I think a lot of talk, certainly last year, of whether Jansen and, and Kirk would one of them go. Um, were you surprised is actually Marino that was was the pawn that was made available for that move? I was, but when when I thought back to the way I mean Kirk is a is a great hitter and uh He's not the face of the franchise, but he's certainly certainly a recognizable player and uh, a fan a favorite. The way that Danny Jansen came back from his injury and really hit well down the stretch, I think that uh, upped his stock. And I think internally, they thought to themselves, do we really want to deal Danny Jansen to fill a hole? And I guess when it came down to uh, making that trade for uh, Varsho, that they were going to have to give up something of value. And I was glad it wasn't any uh, pitching because they did have, uh, you know, three major league uh, catchers there. Moreno is still a prospect in my mind, didn't play enough that you, that you can really give a, uh, you know, a true value of him. But uh what they got back in Varsho, I guess the classic, you have to give to get. And Varsho uh, is the one guy that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, like, I know that when they made the trade and in subsequent weeks on MLB Network, everybody raves about him. So he's in blue now. And uh, yeah, looking forward to him. Apparently, really good outfielder too. So that'll be nice, you know. And uh, hopefully he can handle the uh, the way that the outfield is now at Rogers Center with all these nooks and crannies to it. It'll be interesting to see how that all works. I mean, it certainly appears that they've turned it into a hitter-friendly ballpark. And so uh, you're going to need defense, especially with no shifting going on either. You're going to need the defense, and yeah. uh, hopefully he'll bring that uh to an outfield that uh, was an average one at best last year. Yeah. Well, I, I want to sort of tail off our chat about the ballpark and, and the rule changes and stuff. We'll, we'll do sure. that at the end, but um, yeah. good, good to mention it there. Uh, in terms of uh, one person I was sad to see go over the offseason, uh, free agent Ross Stripling. I felt yeah. he was our unsung hero last year. I think he just did an outstanding job and, and probably didn't get quite the praise that... Um, he deserved i mean how how much of a loss will he be uh it well not well he obviously came into the starting rotation but uh how, you know supporting role how much of a loss will he be to the team well i i think that'll all depend on the number five spot in the rotation if uh kikuchi can pitch like he did out of the bullpen at the end of last year i mean yeah he, he was still wild and uh Everything that I've seen from spring training, they've they've worked with him, tinkering uh, his release point and all that stuff. Uh, I thought they should have re-signed Ross at the end of last year and not even let him get to uh, spring training. Mm. Or, sorry, to uh, free agency. But um, 
I think the sign of Chris Bassett, another one of those that I didn't see uh, coming at all. And, uh, you know, that they, they took some big hits in that rotation last year. Ryu getting hurt did not help early in the year. He only made, what, uh, six, six starts. Uh, uh, Kikuchi being ineffective as he was, there were some holes in uh, Stripling, stepped in into that void and uh next to uh Alec Manoa he was their number two guy last year he was and so um looks like uh if it works out the way that it should uh we're only gonna need to worry about the five spot in the rotation didn't like to hear that Mitch White who was okay I guess uh at the end of last year I mean was not great but could certainly eat up innings when allowed. Uh, that means that the number five guy right now is Yusei Kikuchi. So let's hope let's hope that they can get him on the rails here again. Because we only saw Grizzly last year, but when when he's on, he's 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 yep. he's, he's good for a number five. And so yep. uh, uh, you know there there could still be. A move or two to come once, once uh, all of the camps open up and scouts see. Okay, this guy might not make this team and that. But uh, you're right, Stripling will be a loss as he pitched last year. That's going to be uh, yeah a lot of outs uh, to get that won't be there this year. Yeah, and I think if we look at Robbie Ray, how he was two seasons ago, absolutely brilliant, and then you know for the Mariners last year wasn't yep. as strong so it could be a similar story for ross i, I pre- appreciate that but i yep. i was sad to see him go in, in terms of uh ryu how do you see him fitting into the lineup well from what i'm you know uh tommy john uh surgery takes a minimum of uh one year ideally 16 to 18 months but all in indications from what i've heard coming back from uh florida is that he's ahead of schedule not that he's going to make the team that that would be ridiculous to to uh, think that but i could see him you know august september making some starts in there and that's about as good uh as making a trade at the deadline if he's right because yep. we've seen him right he's a good uh, bottom of the rotation guy, certainly at a minimum. So uh, everything that I've heard from Florida has been very positive, and that's a good sign. And if uh, if they're going well, then they don't have to push him, and that is key here because Tommy John is Tommy John. Everybody mm-hmm. reacts differently to it. So I think if we get him August, September, that'll be a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Your starter for opening day, who do you think your money's on for that? Alec Manoa. He earned yeah. it. I mean, yeah. he's, he's he was uh, he was one of the three uh, finalists for for uh, Cy Young last year, and uh, he, he's he's really blossomed blossomed, and he's 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 an absolutely horse to me. Just the mere size of of yeah. him has to he's be intimidating for the other team and as we saw with his back and forth with Garrett Cole of the Yankees 
he certainly doesn't mind sticking his nose in it. So it'll be interesting to see when he pitches against the Yankees, especially in New York. It'll be interesting to see how the crowd responds. Because, you know, Yankees fans, a whole <laughs> bunch of blowhards, right? And so I'm sure that they're they're like rubbing their hands thinking, well, yeah, we'll see what you like when you hit Big Mouth. And so uh, it'll it'll be interesting, but yeah, he's our he's our ace now. I mean, yeah. I've uh, when I tweet about him now, I use hashtag Ace of Jays every time because he's right. the number one guy. He's yeah. an absolute horse, and uh, that's great because uh, you need a guy, and the fans love him too. Like on days that he starts when he's walking out to warm up, the place roars, and it's like, sure. yeah, great. Kind of reminds me of when uh, I was a lot younger. Uh, I won't say Dave Steve because he was a different type of guy, but but the ballpark had a certain buzz on days when Dave Steve started. Yeah, and uh, uh, we have the same now with Big Alec, and uh, I look for him to have another really good year. Now, the caveat to everything is injury, of course, but I think if he's healthy. He should take the ball every five days, hopefully go seven innings every five days, and that'll take the wear and tear off the bullpen, which, as we spoke of earlier, was a uh, a, a yeah, problem factor. last year. Yeah, yeah massive. Uh, Chris Chris Bassett, would you see him coming in at four, presumably I, in the rotation? I would behind? think four. I mean, you have to, uh, you know, it's – Manoa one, Gosman two, Barrios has to be a three just because outside of last year, his track record was so good. You know, I mean, I've uh, poured through uh, Barrios' numbers and it's like last year we have to hope was an outlier because all of his numbers just jumped and he didn't look any different than he did previously. So that would slot Bassett into four. And I'll tell you what, if Chris Bassett is your four, that's a pretty good rotation. Like I would put our rotation one through four up against just about anyone across the league. And so uh, if, if Bassett's your four and I understand he has uh, many different uh, pitches, look, look, looking forward to, uh, seeing him, I remember when he was with Oakland before he went to the Mets. I think we saw him a couple of times, and I remembered thinking to myself, "Interesting, big, strong guy, loads of different uh, pitches, five or six, I understand." And so, uh, yeah, he he certainly uh, solidifies a uh, rotation that lost Stripling and Ryu last year, and I thought that was a Good uh, pickup, veteran guy. You like the veterans because you know every five days you don't have to worry about them. They know what it takes to win in the major leagues. And so, uh, in my mind, great pickup. Yeah, brilliant. Well, it'll be exciting to see see how they perform. Um, just looking into the bullpen then, uh, Jordan Romano had, had a really good season last year, but yeah. probably would you say was slightly overworked because of all the other issues that yeah. we've seen? Um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a snowball effect. Yeah. And also the fact that uh, uh, 
John Snyder had no problem having Jordan uh, uh, come in for saves of more than three outs. That became apparent towards the end of the year that that was going to be the plan. So unfortunately, that led to some wear and tear on him. Yeah, like I, I've never had any problem with him coming into the game to close it out. Like when he comes in and the lights all flash red and the place place goes crazy, like that's w- what you want your closer to be like. Make the other team take notice. Not that they they didn't know who he was based upon uh, scouting and video work and stuff. But yeah, I thought that he ran out of gas at the end of last year. And uh, hey, hopefully, like really glad to hear that uh, him and Manoa said no to going to the World Baseball uh, Classic. I thought, okay, their focus is with the Blue Jays and going deep into the playoffs. And I absolutely applaud that. Like, you know, the World Baseball Classic is great. It's loads of fun every, in what, four or five years. And it's loads of fun to see players playing for their own uh, country. Uh but if the expense is a little too much wear and tear at the start and they run out of gas later in the year, then I have no interest in any Blue Jays playing this because we want them to win regular season deep into the playoffs. And so, um, yeah, you know, um, let's keep everybody fresh for this whole year because it's a grind. And especially now with the, uh, the more balanced schedule where we're going uh, to about twice as many National League uh, cities, I mean, that's going to lead to more travel because we're not going to the New Yorks and the Bostons and the Baltimores and the Tampas as much this year, which certainly for the uh, Eastern Seaboard teams leads to uh, uh, shorter travel, less, less time in the air. So, everybody's going to need to be uh, strong and fresh this whole year because there's going to be a lot more uh, travel. I've already looked at my schedule and it's like, wow, like uh, instead of uh, uh, two and a half uh, road trips to the West coast, now it's four, you know, and even for uh, guys like us that have to travel uh, on uh, non-charter flights, like, you know, the team does, it can wear you down. And and I'm, there's, there's a lot of times where this season I'm going to try and travel the next morning so that I'm not, not flying late at night so I can get proper sleep. Because I remember one year, I think it was 2000, we did fly on the team charter. And I remember thinking as good as this is getting into the next city at two, three in the morning, I was never more tired than that year. So I think the, uh, you know, the strength and the conditioning and all of that has to come into uh, play because this is going to be a different year. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully with the uh, games being shorter is what we think is going to happen with uh, some of the new rule changes. Hopefully that means uh, a little less time at the park, back to the hotel at a little better time and, you know, whatever uh, that entails for, players health so because certainly my health is being impacted by uh a lot more uh uh long flights this year 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think it will be interesting to see how all the teams respond in terms of the travel because it is a completely different dynamic. I, I think it's yeah. really exciting in terms of, you know, baseball as a whole to see, you know, the team playing teams that we just don't normally see. And I think you, yeah. you mentioned about Bassett being a West Coast player. I think the fact that we're going to see some of these teams a bit more regularly coming through. Yep. Uh, it's good for the game. Uh, certainly from a fan's perspective, I'm I'm looking forward to it. But uh, obviously from your perspective, it's <laughs> a slightly different story. Um, just want to go, just look look at the in, infield uh, a moment, uh, just how we think that's going to line up. Uh, we haven't talked about Vladdy at all yet, which is extraordinary that we've gone however many minutes so far and he's not even yep. mentioned. How, how do you think Vladdy's looking um, this season coming back into spring training? Oh, I, you know, I've uh, seen him uh, uh, swing uh, the bat in the cage a couple times uh, from uh, Florida. As I said before, saw him working at first base with bench coach Don uh, Mattingly. I think that's great because uh, he's going to learn some little things. Uh, you know, I, I think Vladdy as a first baseman, uh, I thought he improved and saved. A lot of bad throws last year. Um, you know, I everybody likes to get down on Bo and all the errors from short, but thank God we had Vladdy at first. He picked a lot of balls that mm. when they were thrown, I went, you know, you, you hold your breath almost. And so uh, I think Vladdy as a first baseman, now that he's, he's a first baseman, you know, there was chat before, might play a little third. No, no, no. He's a first baseman now. And yeah. so it, Seems like he's working hard at his craft, and uh, um, uh, as a defensive first baseman, he got better as the year went along. And now that's not a worry for me at all. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, in terms of Bo, uh, obviously he's still going to hold on to the shortstop position. I know a lot of people have talked about talk, you know, maybe he should be at second, but I, I think that's never going to happen. The Jays have made it very clear, haven't they, in terms of yep. his his role? And I think he just has to he just has to graft and keep keep going, doesn't he? Yeah, he just it's you know it's uh, every time that it seemed that he made uh, a bad throw last year was when when he was throwing off balance. Now sometimes you have to do that. Fast runner, you get to the ball at an on spot, and you have to do a flip throw. But hopefully they can uh, work on him. Uh, uh, positioning wise and it's going to be interesting once again because of the uh no shift going on i mean yeah. that's that's going to be a big big thing now because instead of uh, him uh shifting over to one side of the bag or the other he you know uh defensive um where he stands on the field is going to be key here so if the uh positioning is properly uh, through uh, uh, scouting and stuff, hopefully that'll uh, bring the error total down. But he's going to have to cover more ground again. Not that he can't do that. Very athletic player, but it's going to be uh, so different this year. I, I I can't wait to see what it's going to look like with only two people on the left side and two on the right side. I mean, <laughs> proper, I, I, a proper baseball I, game. That's what it's going to look like. A proper baseball game when like I was a kid. You know, yeah. there was none of this, but unfortunately, analytics led to all these things. Well, they just outlawed it now. Yeah. And I applaud that because I think it's going to lead to more offense, certainly. And I'm, I'm, I think that all these 
little tweaks and changes that, I mean, rule changers are not little, but is going to lead to more offense. And uh, that's never a bad thing because uh, there's nothing worse than uh, seeing great hitters, even though they should have been able to hit away from the shift, but for whatever reason refuse to. Hopefully now that uh, that line single between first and second base will not be caught by a rover who would then throw the ball to first. Yeah, I hate it seeing that. You know, I mean, guy hits a rocket in between first and second and doesn't get rewarded. Uh, I didn't see any entertainment value to that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the shifting is going to affect the infielders. Yeah. At second, would you go with Whit Merrifield as your number one starting that, second baseman? That seems to be uh, the 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 uh, sentiment right now. I mean, he, yep. when when he was uh, the Royals' uh, main uh, second baseman, he was a very good player. He, he was mm. one of the few players, few good players that the Royals had during those days. Uh, I'd like to see him play every day for what he brings offensively speed uh puts the ball in play a lot and uh he'll be down the bottom of the order with Kiermaier and uh I think that speed element at the bottom of the order is going to lead to a lot of RBI opportunities at the top of the order and uh sure. I think they're going to uh uh benefit with uh, a full season of wit uh because when he's right and when he's playing every day, he's a he's an all-star caliber player. And, you know, the fact that he plays for us now is really good. Nothing against uh, Espinal. I thought he, he had a, a really good year. But I think they they uh, realized that his, his value might be more as a uh, uh, utility bench player. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if we see him play a little bit of outfield also because right. he's athletic enough to uh, do that. And, uh, you know, you can't have a guy like him sit uh, too much because you're going to need him at some point. Injuries inevitably happen and he'll be forced into action. So they have to, I mean, that's, that, that's the uh, juggle that the manager has yeah. to deal with to keep everybody fresh. Uh, so, yeah. We'll see what happens, but I would expect that the uh, everyday uh, second baseman to start will be Wit. Yeah, and I think to be fair to Wit, he played better the, towards the end of last season where he was playing more regularly. Yeah. You could actually see the value to him being in the game uh, on on a regular basis. Uh, obviously, over at third, we got Matt Chapman. Uh, he's going to just be the anchor man, isn't he, for that for yeah. that corner? That's not going to change. Um, but I think you've mentioned um, Espinal. Obviously, got Biggio. Uh, you know, got these utility guys that can yep. play in these different positions when they need to switch things around. So, you know, some good depth there as well. Yeah, I would, uh, I would expect too that uh, uh, they're, they're going to bring in another outfielder at some point here, like a like a true outfielder, not a uh, you know infielder outfielder, just a guy that uh, you know, like I say, injuries happen and somebody's going to have to play out there and to use a utility guy in the outfield i don't think it's optimum just for me so i would expect that we might see a new out outfielder into camp late 
once they know exactly what they have here. Uh, because basically the 26-man roster is basically set right now. But I think uh, an extra bench player that is an outfielder will be on their radar as uh, as they start uh, playing games here. So uh, not sure who that is now, but I'm sure we'll start hearing uh, names mid to late March here, and, or maybe just as they break camp, there might be a a, a name that we're not uh, thinking of uh, joining the team. Yeah. In terms of... Uh... We talked a little bit about Roger Center changes. I mean, obviously, uh, just looking at some of the photos, uh, it's looking very different. Um, I know we sort of had the visuals before the, you know, the season ended last year, um, but I hadn't quite appreciated all the color of the seats were changing, and uh, and obviously the outfield wall is changing, and we're bringing the bullpens up and and all that yeah. sort of stuff. What difference is that really going to make to how this park plays? Well, it's it. Uh... Seems to me because of having the uh, raised uh, bullpens that the uh, the fence up to the edge of that pen has changed. There's like a little bit of a bow to it. So I'm sure that's going to lead to some uh, crazy hops and ricochets and that. Uh, the fact that the um, the outfield fence is not a uniform height interests me too because it seems yeah. like it's going to be higher in some spots. It's going to be jagged stuff. So it'll be interesting. Uh, the fact that the fences are in, in uh, two or three spots there intrigues me. Cause I mean, how many times have you watched a game and you know, the ball hits right off uh, the top of the fence and stuff. And, and now those will be home runs. So uh, this team is built for offense. And I don't think that this is going to hurt them offensively. Conversely, though, uh, pitching-wise, well, if you're hitting better in the park, your opposition will also hit better in the park. So it'll be uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other here. So we'll see uh, what that's about. But I would expect that uh, from everything that I've heard and read, it's going to be a uh, hitter-friendly park now. Right. Which is never a bad thing. Like, no. I would rather watch a 7-5 game than a 3-1 game any day of the week. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, everything that I've seen and I've spoke to uh, a handful of people that were down for the the uh, presentation when they revealed exactly was that it's going to be an interesting park. 500 seats all gone it's going to be like a like a lounge bar up there i mean uh it's going to be uh loads of fun and uh i'm sure that our uh our fans who are getting younger and younger by the day it seems i mean every year that uh we lose older fans just because of age and stuff uh for every uh one older fan that's not coming back two or three younger fans are getting in the queue right so i mean it, it'll be uh it'll be fun to see it'll be a different park i mean i've i was at the first ever game there in 889 and that place basically never changed yeah. you know except except for some cosmetic changes but the actual playing field has never changed so it'll be interesting to see uh how that works and how our team adapts to a different uh outfield layout uh I think that's going to be 
key uh, to the this year by how they handle new changes after playing in the same park for so mm. long. Yeah, no, it's, it's exciting to see. And I think any of these developments, which of course are to generate more interest and more fun for the fan to, yep. to be engaged in. And I think, you know, baseball has quite openly talked about the, the struggle it's had in terms of getting young younger people coming in to watch the game. Uh, so if they're doing anything that's going to encourage that, I think that's got to be a massive thumbs up. Obviously, a lot of the rule changes this year coming in for the first time uh, are all really designed, I think, for fan engagement. Um, any of those that you think you're a little bit concerned about or are you sort of basically happy with most of the, the changes that are taking place? Um, I have no concerns about any of the changes. Uh, the, the the pitch count, what was your take on that when you first heard about it? Uh well, I did watch a minor league game last year that had one, and I thought it was interesting. Just uh, just for a uh, pace of play was definitely different. And uh, I think as, uh, as the game gets younger and so many players are uh, coming out of the minors having played under those rules, I don't think it'll be that much of a problem for them. I think the older players, especially uh, starting pitchers and stuff who who work at a certain pace and that's what keeps them uh, comfortable, I think there's going to be a major adjustment there. But but I mean, this is this is all being done because, quite frankly, games were being too long. I mean, I, I can I can say that as somebody who isn't paid by the hour. I mean, uh, there's been <laughs> there's been games uh, more often than not uh, uh, three twenty three and a half hours was becoming the norm, and uh, it's 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 hard to keep your fans engaged when games are dragging like that. Sure. I mean, you know, uh, I always get the argument from the old school fans. Well, that's what makes the game so great. It's timeless. Well, that's fine, but we don't need to be sitting here for three and a half, four hours watching this game. So I'm sure that that will speed things up, uh, you know, from what I've read, 20 to 30 minutes. And you will notice uh, when you're watching a game, um, our uh, producer, Doug Walton, went to the MLB meetings recently and and that was the main theme that they were uh, driving home is that these games are going to be quicker. So uh, stuff like full page graphics, we just won't have time to do those things. I think most of our extra information that you would get will be when we flip the bug. Cause if they're uh, talking about, uh, you know, Vladdy and I have something that I can flip, which will make what we're saying, give it some credence. You're going to see a lot of that this year. I've been working this whole spring, just pouring through numbers, and it's a it's a lot of the uh, uh, analytics stuff that you see a lot of now. That's uh, you know because you know does it do we really need to flip Vladdy last ten games hitting three hundred? No, we we know he's been hitting well, but when you bring the analytics into it, and it's easy to read and easy to understand, I think that that'll only benefit our uh, broadcast because, uh, you know, telling the old school stories uh, 
is very prehistoric in my mind. That's not the way that the game is watched or uh, ingested now. And so uh, you'll it'll be the same old Sportsnet broadcast, but it'll have a, a different feel this year. And quite frankly, I'm excited with this new challenge. As an old school guy, I've had to do a lot of reading. I was actually given a book about understanding analytics this year. And it was like, I got the book and I looked at it and I thought, okay. I started leafing through just about everything I read made perfect sense. The only reason I've always been kind of uh, reticent to analytics is I don't need some uh, new age numbers to tell me that Mike Trout is a great player. I can see that with my eyes. The eye test tells me that. But that's not what they're looking for now. And so I've had to uh, up my game. And I, I I said, hey, bring it on. Let's do this. Let's see where this goes. And uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, be, uh, it'll be a different looking year on uh, TV uh, for sure. It's, it's, it, it's not going to be the same old, uh, same old. Yeah. Well, we're very much looking forward to it, Scott. And uh, yep. it's exciting that it's only well a couple of weeks away, spring training, and then yeah, not, not far beyond that, uh, regular season gets underway. Uh, just as a final thought, where do you feel the Jays are going to end up come the end of the regular season? What, what do you feel the year looks like? Well, I would think they're a solid second in the East. Um. They'll be in the playoffs. You know, I think they'll win between uh, 92 and 95 games. I think if they're healthy, uh, especially George Springer, uh, I think they have enough to catch the Yankees, who've already had an injury in their rotation yesterday. Frankie Montas doesn't look like he's going to pitch this year. I think they can challenge the Yankees, and I'm not just – saying that because it worked for uh, Sportsnet. They have the tools now to do this. The changes on the defense, a couple new, you know, new starting pitcher, new relief pitcher. I think they're good enough to catch the Yankees. I mean, uh, last year they didn't have George for a while. They didn't have Teo for a while. Ryu was gone. I think the improvements that they've made has closed that gap with the Yankees immeasurably because I don't think they've gotten any better either other than uh, signing Rodon. I mean, that's the, that's the only thing that I see. So if they're uh, clicking at the Yankees heels this year, it's going to be a fun year for everybody, myself included, because there's nothing better than a proper uh, 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 pennant race getting to the park every day is just loads of fun and it makes for a good broadcast and the fans are excited and all that uh, comes with that. So I think they're the, if they're not a solid uh, playoff team, I would be shocked. I would, I I would be shocked indeed. And I do expect them to push the Yankees all season long. Love that. Yeah. Hope that is absolutely going to be the case. I think they are a strong team and, uh, and I think, you know, everything you've said there in terms of overcoming the Yankees, that, that would be probably on everybody's 
agenda for for this year. I mean, it just it would be great to see see them doing and and getting into the postseason and being competitive. I think in the last couple of postseasons they've been in, of course, been disappointing ends. Yep. Um, it'd be nice to have a a run through the postseason and have a real good bash at it. So, uh, Scott, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Really. No appreciate your insight and uh your wisdom on on all these things and uh yeah just giving up your saturday afternoon for us uh thank you so much no problem anytime you you want to talk during during the year and uh you see the schedule you know when i'm working you know when i'm not and uh anytime i always have loads of fun talking blue jays now brilliant we'll give our regards to uh to dan and to buck and the and hazel and the rest of the Sportsnet team and uh yep. yeah just thank you for all that you bring to us uh as fans and particularly for us here in the uk oh. where we don't yes go ahead one more thing chill nice to see great britain in the world baseball classic this year i was going to mention that when you talked about the world cup uh, the world, uh baseball classic and, I, and yep. then i forgot all about it but yes yeah first that time must- ever that's great and uh I hope they uh, do well. And uh, yeah, I mean, World Baseball Classic is fun, especially when uh, the whole world has teams in it. Then then it becomes more than just, you know, a uh, uh, North American uh, sure. Caribbean thing. So uh, yeah. good luck to yeah. Great Britain this year. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, sir. Yeah, I, I'm sure they will take that. Uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing them playing. And uh, uh, hopefully, I mean, obviously they're uh, massive outsiders, but just the fact that they've got, in is just an extraordinary achievement for it for you know a game that here is so still such a minority sport but uh thanks to you and to your team you bring the game to us and we're really appreciative of that and as i say really grateful for your time this afternoon scott you're welcome guys that's it for today uh thanks ever so much for tuning in and we'll catch you on our next episode see you soon take care The Red, White and Blue Jays podcast is a production of Blue Jays Fans UK. If you've got a Blue Jays story to share, let us know. Email us at bluejaysfansuk at gmail.com. And follow along on Twitter and Instagram at bluejaysfansuk. I'm your announcer, Jim Langton. Thanks for listening.